This is Meatless, a podcast about eating from how we get to next. I'm Alicia Kennedy, a food and drink writer. I'll be having conversations with chefs, writers, and more about how their personal and political beliefs determine whether or not they eat meat. The show asks the question, how do identity, culture, economics, and history affect a diet? In this episode, I talk to Lee Kalpakis, an editorial producer and host at Thrillist. She stars in the YouTube series A Little Help, where she shows new cooks how to create inexpensive and easy meals. She has a background in restaurants and spent years working at the Peace Food Cafe, where she developed a love of vegan cooking. We talk about growing up in a restaurant family, blending vegan and omnivorous approaches to food, and how she went from cooking to hosting. So hi, Lee. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. It's really great to meet you in person. So we've followed each other on Instagram. I know. I feel like we're friends already, but we've never met. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. So um, can you tell me about where you grew up and what you ate? Sure. Uh, So I grew up in upstate New York in this tiny little hamlet called Olive Bridge that no one's ever heard of, but it's very close to Woodstock and New Paltz. So I usually say one of those and somebody knows where it is. Um, So I grew up upstate. Uh, There's a lot of farmland up there. Um, My parents opened a restaurant uh, before I was born. So first um, they had a restaurant in Woodstock and then they had a restaurant in Shokan. So... um, I was growing up in a, uh, you know, it's a very rural area. My parents own a restaurant. There was a lot of, we had a big garden. There was a lot of, you know, planting and eating from, uh, you know, from our garden. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of cooking, both my mom and my dad. Um, I have two older brothers. They're excellent cooks. Um, We all worked in the restaurant together. Uh, So there was just... um, you know, a lot of really good food, uh, a lot of cooking from, uh, you know, I feel like usually it's just mom or just dad. Someone is the cook in the family. But like, I was really lucky to have, uh, it was like an experience where like all five of us would cook. So when we would get together for a meal, it wasn't just like, you know, dad putting a meal on the table. It was like everybody had a job. Um, and that was awesome. And it was, you know, my brother's friends and my friends and, um, cooking and eating was always like our main activity. So, you know, we would go to work and we would cook there and then we would go home and we would cook there and eat at both places. And, uh, yeah, so just like really food centric, um, and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, rural area, a lot of vegetables. And um, yeah, it was amazing. Super fortunate. Cool. So what kind of food did the restaurant serve? Uh, So so our restaurant, I thought it was a normal thing until (laughs) I like went out into the world. So it was pizza and barbecue. Oh, wow. Which I can't think of a place like I don't even know a place in New York City that does that. And it wasn't like one so like one more so than the other. It was like very much both of them. And like my also like we're not Italian and like my (laughs) parents aren't like American. I don't know why they settled on those two. 
Um, the food was amazing, but my dad's Greek, my mom's Polish. Um, I don't know where it came from, but yeah. So it was like, you know, a smoker in the back and we're making like brisket and ribs and stuff. And then out front, we've got the pizza oven and we're doing like, you know, uh, Neapolitan style, but then like we would also do deep dish and like regular thin crust. And it was like a slice shop. So you could just like get a slice and a soda and go. Um, so yeah, it was odd, but it was awesome. That's Sounds really, really cool. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And <laughs> sort of like it makes sense in a way. Yeah. yeah, it does. And it's like the whole slice shop thing, it had that like no frills pizzeria element. So you could just like get a slice and go for lunch. But then also the barbecue element is very much like more of like sit down sort of like family experience. So um, yeah, there was like all different kinds of people doing different things coming in. So like that was always cool. That's awesome. So if you grew up around food and restaurants, what made you decide that that was actually what you want to do? Or was it even a conscious decision? Um, well, I think um, it was just always there. And I didn't really think, for some reason, I never really put it together when I was younger, um, even though uh, like even my my grandparents and like my aunts and my uncles like everybody went to culinary school they, i think that when my grandfather passed away i think he had 13 restaurants in his wow. name or like something wild like that like big time restaurant tours on my dad's side of the family so it was just like very much in our blood but i think be, i went through like this teenage early college phase where i was like i want to do anything but that because right. like that's what my parents do <laughs> and like i want to do something else so for i went through like this brief period where like I thought I wanted to be a teacher but then I realized I didn't have any patience <laughs> um, so I went to college and I studied uh, literature um, and a creative writing and then I worked at restaurants in the city to like pay rent when I was in college so I was like doing that all along and food was always a thing but I wasn't focusing on it like career-wise and then I just sort of had this epiphany when I was freelance writing after college. Uh, I was like, I wanted to just write about food. Yeah. And so everything that I pitched had to do with food. And um, that's when I realized, I was like, oh, am I trying to be a food writer? And I was like, well, the one thing that I have in my life, like my, my one interest that I'm never, like I never grow tired of talking about is food. Right. So if, and it's like when I get together with my friends, I get together with obviously my family. It's like, we just talk about food. So it's like maybe this obsession, like maybe that can be my job somehow. So that's sort of, it was like being a, wanting to be a writer, wanting to be a food writer. And then it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like try to get into food media and do this like any way that I can. Right. And so what was your entrance point into food media? Um, I was doing so many uh, like freelance uh, like part-time odd jobs for a while that were styling. And I was doing a lot of food styling and food photography because I kind of transitioned from the writing into the visual. I realized I really liked that. And then I was like working for little blogs and doing um, uh, like recipes. Like I'd write a little blurb and then it would come along with a recipe. Uh, and I was at um, Edible Bronx for a brief oh, nice. stint. Uh, and I was the... Um, uh, 
an associate editor there and just real, really realized that like I did a bunch of like little odd jobs to sort of figure out what I wanted to do and had this realization that I loved the um, like actually writing the recipes and styling and that like recipe development is actually a thing you can do and make money with, right. which was like, I was like, wait, what? This is amazing. <laughs> and so uh, just focusing on the visual and the recipes and then kind of realizing that what I'm trying to do down the road is write cookbooks. Um, it all sort of just was like, uh, yeah, kind of like came together um, with like little jobs until I started working at um, Thrillist, which is a full-time job, very different than like how I got into um, uh, all of this food stuff. Right, right, right. But your approach kind of is really fresh and like inexpensive and like fun yeah. and and is really vegetable forward which is evident in your series your youtube series which is called a little help yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so how did you develop that approach that's so like eclectic but also like makes a lot of sense um well it's kind of just like the they give me a lot of freedom at thrillist uh which is is great. So all of these topics and recipes are just like, it's kind of what I want to do and the way that I eat at home. But then it also, you know, has to meet this, um, you know, the, it has to be on brand for Thrillist. Um, so like, of course it gets approved by my bosses, but like they give me a lot of, uh, freedom to, to do what I want. And, um, you know, I was a vegetarian for six years of my life. Most of the time I, I was of that time I was vegan. Um, and I've been broke for a really long time. So like <laughs> it's, you know, it's vegetables and it's affordable because that's, um, that's my life and that's the, like, that's what I like to cook and that's the way I like to live. So they just, just kind of like, let me put that out there, which is cool. Totally. So what made you go vegetarian and vegan and, and what made you return to being an omnivore? Um, so I felt terrible. I think it was like towards the end of college and, um, my oldest brother dared me to go vegetarian for a week. And uh, I was like, I can totally do this. And he was like, no way, you can't do it. And I felt so awesome after that week, just eliminating meat from my diet, not even taking dairy out yet, just eliminating meat. I felt so good. My digestive system was so much better and I had so much energy uh, that, that it turned into six years. Um, and I worked at a vegan restaurant for years also. So... Um, that makes it really easy to eat yeah. vegan all the time when you're taking all of your meals at work and it's only vegan food. Um, so yeah, I just like felt really good, but it started with a dare, which is funny. <laughs> and then um, I incorporated it back into my diet when I started to get really serious about uh, my career because I felt this pressure of like, if you're going to work in food media, you can't really have like restrictions in right. your diet. Um, so that was... Uh, that was a lot of, uh, I just felt a lot of pressure. I was like, well, if I'm really going to do this, I have to be able to taste everything. If I'm going to be a recipe developer, I need to be able to taste what I'm making. And, um, you know, I've also been doing some work with Thrillist lately where I'm going out to restaurants and talking about the food on camera and like, I need to taste that food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, although I'm drawn to like veg heavy plant-based food, um, I feel feel this pressure to like not cut anything out of my diet. No, that's very, very real. Yeah. Yeah. And so can you, where did you work uh, at a vegan restaurant? What was your job there? I did a bunch of different things um, at uh, Peace Food. 
um, which is, uh, I was on the, um, the 82nd in Amsterdam location. And now I think that they have a downtown location. Awesome vegan food. Love it so much. Um, I worked to the counter. I was a juicer for a while. I learned how to make like really great smoothies there, which I'm so <laughs> grateful for. And I still like use all of that knowledge today. Um, I like did prep work down, uh, like in, you know, in the kitchen I was working with, there's a, there was, a. Um, there's a lot of raw options there. So I was working with the raw chef there for a while um, and learning how to make uh, a lot of raw desserts. And we had raw entrees that were really good. And that was interesting. But I, I also like waited tables and I was like um, the hostess for a while. I did like every role there, um, which was it was a really fun, like family feeling place to work. Yeah. Do you think that working in restaurants, especially since you've worked in restaurants your whole life, basically, uh, how does that influence your food writing or your approach to food media? Um, I just think that when you have worked in a restaurant, you get how difficult it is. Like the, you also understand like the highs. I, I mean, you know, I, I started working at my dad's restaurant when I was like, for real, when I was like maybe like 14, 15 and just the rush of cooking for a dinner rush and, um, uh, and, or like, you know, waiting tables in like a packed, uh, dining room. It's like, you understand, I don't know, like you can eat the food and talk about it, but to understand what it takes to create the experience and to make the food and understand what goes on behind the scenes. Um, I feel like you just have this, uh, this tremendous respect for any food that comes your way, uh, because you know how difficult it is to, to do what so many people, you know, you go out to a restaurant and you eat and a lot of people don't really think that, um, think past that, but like, there's so much shit that goes into, making a meal. And it's just like a level of respect because you've been in the trenches, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And so when did you, did you always know you were going to be on camera as a, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, no, I, I'm not an actor and I <laughs> like, I never expected to be on camera. Um, I was hired at Thrillist, uh, as a recipe developer and I was, uh, doing and their segment chef was the was the role that I had when I, I first started there and I was doing their hands and pans recipe videos okay. so it was literally just like I, they're kind of like phased out a little bit now but I'm sure you've seen it like on Facebook or whatever where it's just like a, like just hands making something <laughs> yeah. so those were my hands <laughs> and I did that for a few months and they were like what if we did a cooking show, but we showed your face and people heard your voice. And at first I was really nervous. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I mean, I still get nervous sometimes, but, um, I really liked it. So I kept going and, um, now I want to do it more and more, which is really interesting because I never pictured myself to be like a host of a show. Um, and now I love doing it. So that's fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the process like of deciding the menus for, for your show? Um, so for a little help, um, for a little help, or I also did $30 dinner party, right, which was like the first yeah. thing that I hosted, um, which, uh, that had like full menus that we would plan. Um, right, right. that was, people would submit, um, like requests to be on the show, which was really fun. Cause yeah. we get these emails from people that are like, cause we, um, you know, we put a casting call out on YouTube and it was like, 
do you want to throw a dinner party, but you're broke? Like, let me teach you how to do it. And so it was these real people that would come on and like, we'd hang out with them for two days and shoot the show. And then it was like their friends would come over at the end of it and would like eat the food and talk about it. And so those menus were just based around what those guests wanted to cook for their friends. So that was really fun. I mean, it was really difficult to like, to actually throw a legit dinner party for $30 oh my is God, yeah. so hard. And there was like a lot of Trader Joe's because like it, <laughs> it's just, you know, just like the cheapest things that, that you can find, but also like you want it to be good. So that's why I think we did a lot of like veg centric dishes for that show because meat can be really expensive. Um, so we ended up doing a lot of, um, uh, yeah, vegetarian stuff because it was in the budget. So that was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you do for your new show? What what's the process like? So um, for a little help, it's um, we sort of I'm trying to think. So we'll focus on uh, a theme, right? So I did like a date night one, and then there was like we did meatballs, and we did like roasting vegetables. It's more of I wanted it to be like a basics show because uh, I think that you know Thrillist is. Um, uh, we, I, most of our audience is like, you know, millennials, like, right. and like me, I'm a millennial and I, I, I talk to my friends and I think that a lot of people, especially with Instagram and uh, like food is really big right now. Right. Food is like always big, but food is really big right now. And I think that going out and eating, taking a picture of it, you know, like hashtag food porn, <laughs> like it's really eating is really popular right now. But I think that a lot of people are afraid of cooking, yeah. especially young people. And I so desperately want to teach young people that like, it's not scary. And also like you can, you can mess up. And that's fine. You shouldn't like, no one should say like, oh, I'm a bad cook. It's just like, you just have to keep going with it. So I wanted it to be this thing where it's like, do you like pesto? Of course you do. Did you know you can make it? And it's like really cheap and really delicious. And like, you can totally, like, you got this. So um, I think that the themes for all those, um, for that show is just sort of like, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we've actually talked via Instagram about raw desserts. This kind of goes a little backwards, but uh, what do you, what is it that makes like a raw dessert so good? Like, <laughs> I know they, oh man, I remember the conversation that we had about how like sometimes I would rather yeah. the raw dessert because it's so just because it doesn't have refined sugar or flour doesn't mean that it isn't so ridiculously rich and indulgent. Think about what goes into like, okay, if we make like a piece of raw cheesecake or a piece of like, or like a chocolate, raw chocolate dessert, there's so much coconut and there's nuts and there's oil and there's cocoa and like all of this stuff that goes into it is really decadent and delicious. It just like, we're just pulling a few bullshit ingredients out, right. but it's still dessert and it's still so delicious. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I need to do something about raw desserts because they've been on my mind. <laughs> They're the best. I They're know. so good. It's crazy. And you can do so many things. I'm so fascinated by like, okay, sugar is amazing, but like maple syrup is awesome also, too. Yeah. And like all how you can just swap things out and make something delicious. Like I had a raw banana cream uh, it was like a banana pudding recently Ooh. and it was like so good. It was like almost as good as like the like real deal one that my mom makes, you right, know, right, it's right. just like, and this is not that bad for me. 
Right. Maybe it's not that good for me, but like <laughs> it's not that bad. So you can like eat something really indulgent, feel good about it. It's a win-win. Absolutely. So now that you do, you know, you eat meat and, but you have this experience, like both working in a vegan restaurant and being vegetarian yourself, like how do you balance those things? Like how do you balance like having meat and having like uh, this, this <laughs> understanding that, that it doesn't make you feel great. So I will like, I'm going to start this by saying I don't have it figured out yet. And I'm <laughs> trying so hard, but like I said before, when I went vegetarian, I felt amazing. Mm -hmm. So when I brought meat back into my diet, I felt like shit. Yeah. And, um, it's been really difficult, especially now doing the kind of hosting I'm doing for Thrillist. I'm going to restaurants and eating and talking about the food. So like, I'll go, you can't not eat something indulgent. You have to eat whatever comes your way. And like, I'm not complaining because like yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. delicious. <laughs> but that just means that like if I have a shoot that week and I know I'm eating like seasick or like something really like heavy and like salty and, and meaty um, uh, or like, you know, a hot dog or like some kind of like crazy pizza, the rest of my week is it needs to be like, green juice yeah. it needs to be salad it needs to be like i need to balance out that one meal with um as much raw fruit and vegetable as i possibly can just to like feel normal because like you can't like i just i don't know i you can't do that to your body i just i, I mean i can't maybe i'm sensitive but like i just i just know that if i'm gonna do something really indulgent for work the rest of my week needs to balance it out so right. it's like you know, it is, it is what it is. I, I enjoy it. Like it's, it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there has to be balance. Of course. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I've kind of said this, but like what I love about just your Instagram is that you have this approach where like, you'll be eating a green juice or a salad or, or something that is healthy, which is a word I don't like, but like, <laughs> you know, and it never seems like it's part of like this annoying lifestyle. Like it's never oh. like obnoxious <laughs> where like so much of that is like where if someone's drinking a juice, you're like, Ugh, because you're starving. Like it's because of so many, it's because of all this stuff. And like, you're trying, you're putting people put a lot of weight on like, you know, having a perfect diet or that sort of thing. And like, but you, you kind of say, Hey, you can have a green juice and a salad and it doesn't have to be like, you know, your whole life or your whole thing yeah and then also like i feel like that i totally agree with that and i see so many instagram accounts where it's just like okay like we get it yeah <laughs> um but on the opposite side of the spectrum like also salad is delicious yes yes you know and green juice <laughs> is delicious like put a little pineapple and, gin and ginger in there and it's awesome and yeah. like yes spirulina is gross but like there are ways like balancing it out with acidity from orange juice makes it delicious and like freezing your bananas like makes it taste like like i don't know healthy food vegetables and fruit it's it's delicious like i'm not doing it because i'm like yes i want to be healthy but i'm not doing it and suffering through it like yeah. i literally enjoy eating a, a good salad just as much as eating a good burger like sincerely right yeah and that's i feel like such for whatever reason that is less popular of an approach to food than than you would think it kind of feels like every people are so either or well and also just i don't know i think that people that think vegetables suck just like aren't <laughs> preparing them the right way right you know what i mean like if you just steam stuff and you don't put any like salt on it it's it's not gonna taste great but like 
put lemon in there, like make a vinaigrette, like get some like toasted nuts and put it on there. Like if you like, if I just like cauliflower, if you do that right, that is just like, that's better than any like crazy meat dish. That, like <laughs> if you do vegetables right, they are delicious. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, I've noticed you've also like kind of moved into maybe DIY other stuff, like maybe a cleaning product or something. Oh yeah, I did. Um, and I, this is not my idea. This was, <laughs> um, I think it was off of Bon Appetit's Healthy-ish. Um, I think it was, uh, it's, so it's, um, I made, you take your orange peels or like any citrus peel and just put it in white vinegar, let it sit. And that's a cleaning solution. And that, that's cool because like cleaning solution can be expensive and it's like a fun little like hippy dippy project. <laughs> I'm also making vats of, um, vanilla from scratch oh, right now. Wow. Again, like I know Garden's been doing it for years. <laughs> I got the idea from her. She has the same batch of vanilla extract uh, going. I think I read that she ha has had it for 35 years. Oh, my God. And you just, like, keep re-upping. You keep putting the beans in the in the vodka. Oh, that's all it is. It's yeah. just, like, vanilla beans in vodka. Um, and I love that. My my brother does a lot of experiments like that. Um, and my mom does, too. We're always, like, like I brewed kombucha in uh, when I had roommates, and they did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, just like always having a little like project going like um, my brother makes sauerkraut and just uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's like a science experiment and then you get to eat it. You know, it's like it's awesome. <laughs> also, I would love for any like for you to do anything about how to make spirulina delicious because Ooh, I I all I say, tell people is like I just I can't it's gross I've like it's so gross because, <laughs> and you know why it's gross, gross because it's literally like algae from a yeah. pond like that's gross <laughs> the smell like yeah it's not good I don't think anyone like if someone says that they like the taste, I just think that they're lying. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll there's a there's a smoothie actually. It's from Peace Food. They taught me how to make it taste really really good. And there's a, there's a smoothie that they still make there called the Green Power that makes you feel wonderful and it tastes <laughs> wonderful. And you're like, I just drank spirulina. I can totally do this. <laughs> <laughs> because there's something like spirulina, it's like a teaspoon of it has like all your nutrients or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's so good for you. Like yeah. I don't like using the term superfood, but like right. it's a, it's a, it's very healthy for you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on now? What are your like plans? Do you have any like exciting menus coming up or anything that that people can look out for? Um, so I'm actually shifting, uh, like right now at work, I think we are for now, we are done with like the cooking shows and I'm now trans like they're transferring me into like doing, uh, this, the hosting, like I was talking about before where I'm going to restaurants and eating, um, doing that full time. Okay, so cool. that's a transition for me, uh, which is, it's been really fun, but it's a little bit weird because I'm, I just, I, I like cooking for yeah. a living and now I'm not, I'm not cooking. I mean, I'm <laughs> cooking at home, but like, it's not the same. So that's uh, where I'm at right now with work, just like really diving into tasting food and talking about f how food tastes beyond this is delicious. Right. And just like talking texture, talking balance, talking like richness and acidity and learning how to talk to people about what you're tasting, right. which is this like 
whole interesting world where it's like, oh, I can't say, wow, this tastes good because the viewer doesn't want to hear me say right. that. It's like, yeah. uh, yeah, it tastes good, <laughs> but like make me feel like I'm there with you, uh, experiencing it. So that's, um, that's what I'm working on now. I mean, I don't ever want to stop cooking. Of course. Um, I want to write cookbooks. That's like my, uh, not end goal, but like, you know, that's like my five-year plan. Um, so I, I, I will always be cooking, but now I have this interesting opportunity to be eating and, uh, on camera eating. So it's, it's cool. I can't complain. You know? Yeah. 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 No, that sounds like such a great approach. Cause yeah, it's a, again, like no one wants to just hear, Oh, it tastes good. No. Like it's always so yeah. satisfying when a host does explain why the dish is working. Yeah. And I, never really realized but when you you watch a lot of uh like food shows you're kind of just getting like mm, that's good yeah yeah and yeah. I mean I think a lot sometimes it's probably they don't they don't even know how to talk about that sort of thing well it's hard yeah because it's like oh like I like the way that this tastes but knowing why is really hard yeah. and um you know I definitely grew up with my parents teaching me like you know oh, you taste this, that's rosemary, that's tarragon. Like, so I understand like what I can break down the taste of a dish, um, but it's still really hard. And like, I'm not, I can't, I'm, I'm working on it, but I certainly haven't mastered it. Like it's difficult to do for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you, uh, you do so many different things, but do you think that cooking is a political act? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think that cooking I think that every time you choose what to cook and what to eat, you're making a political statement. You're making a statement about yourself, about like your beliefs. Um, like maybe that's really intense, but yeah. it's totally true. You have a choice. You know, when we're children, we're given food to eat, but like as adults, you choose every single time what you're gonna cook and what you're gonna eat. And um, those decisions totally, like it, it shows the person that you are. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here. Thank Lee. you for having me. <laughs>